0: I think one of the biggest things a lot of us, like, look back on when we were younger is the consequences of not following the rules probably weren't as bad as we thought they were. We just didn't even know there was, like, a life of not following the rules available.
1: You're listening to This Polyamorous Life, collecting stories of the struggles and triumphs of non-monogamous people wherever I find them. I'm Reg, and this week, you'll be hearing a conversation I had with Benzie. Benzie is an active leading member of the Detroit relationship anarchy community. She's been non-monogamous for over 10 years, and she's only 26. She describes herself with the intriguing term anti-monogamous. I spoke to her at her home in Metro Detroit.
0: Benzie, I'd say I follow a lot of the values of relationship anarchy, but I just call myself non-monogamous okay. or anti-monogamous, depending on who I'm talking to.
1: <laughs> okay. So, so when you, like, if you're talking, who do you say anti-monogamous to? Uh,
0: mostly polyamorous people.
1: Okay. Okay. And non-monogamous is to... For, uh, to, monogamous to people. Just, okay. Okay.
0: Wait, so. And some people who know me better, who are monogamous, know that I'm anti-monogamous. Okay. Uh... But I'm not just like throwing it at okay. people all the time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> all right. When you say anti-monogamous, like define that a little bit. Let's get into it. What does that mean?
0: Yeah. So it's I I feel like the very structure of monogamy is oppressive and like it sits on creating rules around how other people should behave. Uh, I really don't care if two people only happen to have sex with each other for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. You know but it's the idea that they're, like, upholding these structures of marriage and two people should be faithful to each other and uh, identifying as a unit rather than as individuals and all the things that I feel come with that.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's the, the shoulds, in a sense, of, yeah. of monogamy. Like, this is what you should do. You know, if if two people happen to be comfortable doing that, then that's fine, but it's... Like, not, they shouldn't do it because they should do it. They should... I'm already... The language is yeah. getting weird there. See,
0: fine is a hard word, too. Maybe, I, <laughs> maybe I'm maybe i not totally okay with it. Because <laughs> I still feel like by doing that, you're still upholding that like societal expectation.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And while a lot of us have the privilege to be like out and open as non-monogamous, mm-hmm. I think uh, anybody upholding the vision of monogamy is hurting people who would have a harder time... Uh, being able to reach non-monogamy through, like, less privileged situations.
1: Mm-hmm. So, in a sense, while the societal structures and the the existing powers are there, you you are anti-monogamy in a yes. sense. Yes. Like anti acting that way, even.
0: Yeah. In a perfect world where we all have like all our needs taken care of, and right. everybody has equal rights, <laughs> then like two people can just have sex with each other. But until then. <laughs> You need to be like politically non-monogamous.
1: <laughs> what does that mean? Politically non-monogamous. That
0: means just being like
1: That's visibly
0: monogamous. rejecting uh, monogamy for the purpose of just uh, breaking apart those societal structures.
1: Okay. Okay. All right. So we're, we're we've jumped headlong into the <laughs> politics of all of this, which is awesome. Um, yeah. So 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 you are um, involved slash creating uh, you have a website uh called communities not couples.com yeah.com that's is that you or is that you and some people or
0: uh so it originally started with a relationship anarchy conference website
1: okay.
0: um and then we still all work together on a lot of projects but I have personally like taken on the website as my thing so it's mostly me but I'm getting a lot of help
1: yeah, I know what that's like, <laughs> says a person running a podcast with a little bit of help, a lot of bit of help. Thank you, helpers. Okay, um, cool. Yeah, so, so what can people find at that website?
0: Uh, so mostly right now, resources on relationship hierarchy, events uh, that uphold our values, which are not all like political. We have uh, like a queer mingling events. One on one discussions and then direct action discussions. Um and through the direct action ones we try to attempt some of those things we talk about and then like come back and uh see how they worked out. And we have uh autonomy versus entitlement workshop that we do sometimes and all all kinds of stuff like that.
1: Cool, cool. Yeah. Um by direct action, can you be like, can you give us tell me a story? <laughs>
0: Uh, So this is still, like, a new thing, so Mm -hmm. not uh, too much, but, uh, like, Juno, she wrote a really good anti-marriage essay talking about protesting (laughs) your friend's weddings, throwing pig's blood on people's wedding dresses. It hasn't happened, but it could, so you should be afraid to invite us. (laughs) (laughs) More of the direct action at this moment is uh, education and kind of just like letting people know like it's an option not to do exactly what society tells you all the time. Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest things a lot of us like look back on when we were younger is the consequences of not following the rules probably weren't as bad as we thought they were. We just didn't even know there was like a life of not following the rules available. Mm -hmm. Uh, So right now the most direct action is just like, getting the word out there, uh, there are some more extreme ideas uh, that I'm not going to say.
1: You already (laughs) said take blood on wedding dresses. (laughs) So. All right. Fair enough. (laughs) Okay. um, All right. So so the um, theme of uh, this season of this polyamorous life mm-hmm. is uh, beginnings, so, because okay. it's the first season and and all that. So great. so that's the, the the question that we're asking everybody is basically how did you get into non monogamy? Where did that begin for you? Now, I rem- if I remember right, you've been doing this a while.
0: Yeah, so uh, be- and
1: you're not you, and unless you are have like some sort of magic thing. You don't look old. No, I'm, I'm, I'm
0: 26. Here.
1: Yeah. So you're uh, younger than me, but you've been doing this longer than I have. And, and I haven't been doing this a short time. <laughs> so yeah. So what's the deal?
0: Yeah. So before I was even non-monogamous, I, I realized I didn't have a lot of Uh, like, jealousy that my friends were going through. Like, if they broke up with somebody, they still wanted to own their ex-boyfriend and didn't want anybody else to date them. Mm -hmm. And I was excited to go find them a new girlfriend so they wouldn't be sad, you know? (laughs) And then in 10th grade, I discovered the show Sister Wives. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my God. I need this. <laughs> uh, and then there was an episode where the they had an interview with the wives, and they were like, oh, but we don't touch each other. That would be weird. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so I started telling everybody who would listen to me, like, I want polygamy, but without religion. And I just, like, said that constantly to anybody who would listen.
1: Uh-huh. And, and if, how old were you at this point? 10th grade, tenth so grade, okay.
0: 14, 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there were people who listened and who are also into that. Uh, so I still tried many monogamous relationships thinking it was the only option a mm-hmm. bunch of times. Uh, but then in between was able to convince some people of non-monogamy for short periods of time. Uh,
1: so, so since you were in high school, you've been doing non-monogamy to some.
0: On and off. Yeah.
1: Okay. On and off. Um, has there been, um, Like, has there been a long period where you were doing monogamy or or trying monogamy? And what was that like?
0: Uh, I guess the longest period was two years I uh, dated somebody. Um, And there were just constant problems of defining what cheating was. You know, like, going skinny dipping with friends was cheating. If they were good looking enough. (laughs) 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 Um, And then... Because of my, like, not jealous attitude, I've been, I've always been friends with most of my exes. So, like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: lots of relationships I've been in have had problems with me still wanting to hang out with my exes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, the way I, dealing with monogamous people, the way I was still doing non-monogamy on my own is I just, like, kept breaking up with people and doing my thing for, like, a week and then, like, getting back together as mm-hmm. I needed to because I, like, couldn't handle... <laughs> Just being with one person all so, the time. so
1: just being in, basically being in an on-again, off-again relationships. Yes. Okay. Okay. And how long did that go, did that pattern go on?
0: So I'd say from when I discovered non-monogamy until the last uh, four years.
1: Okay. So the last four years, what's what's happened in the last four years? I
0: moved is? to Michigan and I discovered this <laughs> life. <laughs>
1: Okay, so, so, there's, yeah. Yeah, so there's this thing happening in Detroit.
0: It's but insane. But it seems
1: to be... Well, it's, yeah, yeah. And I, and I haven't heard about this happening elsewhere. It must be happening elsewhere. Relationship anarchy as a concept started in Europe somewhere. No, I don't know. Sh- I'm
0: not a historian. That was
1: a shrug. <laughs> okay. So, all right. So, so yeah, yeah. So, there is a, a, a large movement... In this city, um, of relationship anarchists, uh, how did that happen? Like, so you, uh, you know, I know you said yeah. you're not a historian, but this is a thing you're a part of. So hopefully, yeah. you know a little bit.
0: So when I moved here, Nicole, mm-hmm. uh, our cult leader. Uh, <laughs> That's a joke. Um, <laughs> she so she had discovered relationship anarchy I'm not exactly sure how, just like articles on the internet, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was through our Metro Detroit polyamory group, mm-hmm. running just like a discussion group of like, hey, let's like look at this thing and see what we think about it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So when I first went to her meetings, which was right around when she started them, me and two of my friends who also went would go to lunch immediately afterwards and laugh at how ridiculous everything she said was. And, <laughs> and then my two friends started getting bored going to the meetings and I didn't. And I just kept going and going and going.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I used to say, like, I go and when I'm there, I just feel like it's right. And then when I come home, you know, I can, like, analyze myself out of it
2: mm-hmm.
0: until I couldn't <laughs> yeah until i was analyzing myself deeper into it you know mm-hmm. so um it took me about like a year of knowing about relationship anarchy to like transition from high hierarchical polyamory mm-hmm. to uh, closer to ra ideals
1: okay okay because yeah because uh, i mean a thing that nicole does is makes uh, a hard i mean and there is a hard distinction to, be, to make between relationship anarchy and polyamory. They come from different traditions, all this sort of stuff. Um, but uh, I feel like she digs a huge ditch and then puts fills it with oil and sets it on fire between polyamory and relationship yeah. anarchy to a certain I... extent. Which is interesting because she's in the Metro Detroit polyamory.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, she was actually one of the founders of Metro Detroit polyamory. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that extremism is so valuable uh, and doesn't let people excuse themselves uh, once you start to, like, have this way of taking on these values, you know, mm-hmm. to be like, oh, well, that's, like, really cool, but, like, everybody can just do whatever makes them feel happy, you know? Uh, I do. One thing I really value about Nicole and value about my whole community now that we've you know, built and are building constantly, Mm -hmm. uh, is this idea, like, everything we do has a cost. So you can't make every decision and be the perfect person, but if you at least think about it a little bit, you might make different decisions Mm -hmm. and continue to grow and become a better
1: person. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Can you give a more concrete example of that?
0: Yeah, like... In a lot of my monogamous relationships, and especially, like, my last uh, long one, there was a thing of, if you don't want to, like, go hang out with your friends, like, just tell them your girlfriend said you can't, you know? And most other people were fine with that answer. Like, oh, well, you know, I'm, like, hanging out with my boyfriend tonight, and he he just wants me to stay home. And everybody's like, oh, okay. Like, that makes sense. Um, And I think with more autonomous people, everyone would... Say, like, what the fuck is wrong with you and him? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Or things in polyamory specifically, I guess, is the idea of calling someone a primary, and so you have to, you can do anything it takes to protect that primary relationship, even if it hurts the secondary or tertiary people around you, because protecting the original relationship is the highest priority.
1: I'm not entirely convinced that, um, that, that excuse of my girlfriend said that I can't. Okay. Is accepted in the way that the, you know, because there is the concept of, you know, Oh, that guy's whipped and things like that. Right. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm a little bit, suspect there is like i see what like i see what you're saying about about you know um about putting um partners on pedestals that's a uh, sexual partners on pedestals and like like i think i buy into most of it like a lot of this stuff but there are things like that where it's like i think that's overselling is how it feels like to me like because i'm pretty sure that in a lot of monogamous culture And, um, oh, certainly polyamorous culture, perhaps, and then even monogamous culture, Um, right, the reaction to, oh, my girlfriend said that I can't go be with the boys at Boys Night, or whatever it is, would actually be, well, that sucks, bro, like, that "That sucks, bro, she's controlling and manipulating you, bro, like, to use... Mm -hmm. ridiculously gendered terms, but uh, you, you know, the um, I'm not entirely convinced that everyone would accept that as healthy. There are some. people. Maybe not everyone,
0: who but I think like most, like the most basic culture would make jokes about being whipped, but then is like, oh, if I'm in a relationship, I'm gonna do the same thing. Yeah, like only single people would mostly like, make fun of you for it, and then once they get into a relationship, they would do the exact same. I, and I think even if the controlling thing isn't accepted, it is accepted and promoted for monogamous couples to, like, isolate and just, like, come home to each other.
1: Yeah. Is that because of how we have built our society, like, physically built our cities and things like that? I mean, yes. And, 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 well, yeah, yeah. And it, and it becomes, and it, to, to me, there's a little bit of... um you know you know chicken egg type situation here you know and and you know we could fight both i guess and and is it the culture caused the culture caused suburbia i this idea of like everybody retreats to their to their homes and nobody speaks to their neighbors and all this sort of thing yeah yeah or is it because we have these homes and people want to create their little kingdoms you know in suburbia surrounded by their white picket fences with their lead paint or whatever <laughs> 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 to use archaic stuff. But y- y- I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it's just... just um, I think they're definitely
0: beating each other, no matter th- what. Yeah, yeah. And we're pretty deep into it, so...
1: So you came to Michigan. Yes. You found out about relationship anarchy. Um, you giggled at it. You laughed at it. What was funny about it at first? What... what, what 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 made you go, oh, ho, ho, and then, and then what, what was the turning point?
0: Yeah, it's really hard to say because it was slow. Um, and now I get the same questions and can tell people are laughing at me. Um, <laughs> a lot of it, uh, I was very into, like, protecting uh, the labels for a very long time. Um,
1: like boyfriend and girlfriend?
0: Yeah. And... For me, like, my big argument against that was we need to especially be visibly queer. Um, like, especially gay couples needed to identify as mm-hmm. couples. mm mm-hmm. uh, Which I've let go of. And I guess the idea that you could just, like, be a free agent and there was no reason to, like, nest and couple with people felt absurd. Because... hmm it feels so fucking good, you know. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> to, to have a, to have a nesting partner, yeah, know, it feels good.
0: And yeah, it, it also feels good to uh, lie to each other and <laughs>
2: like. <laughs> okay, the, explain um, that. <laughs>
0: So, we talk about this idea of security theater a lot in relationship anarchy, which is something that people do of promising to be together forever. Um, I'll... Essentially that. Or, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. never going to be attracted to anyone else, only you. Mm -hmm. You know?
1: So, So, this is what you mean by lies. Like, the lies that we tell to make people feel safe. Yes. Right.
0: Um... Include, I feel like we tell them to ourselves, too, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of relationship anarchy is taking the reality of relationships and just, like, deciding that it's okay. Like, I love you, and I love being with you, and right now I feel like I want this forever, but I don't know who I'm going to be in five years, you know? Mm-hmm. So now I would use language like, I feel like I want this to last forever, instead of just saying this is perfect, this is forever, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. Uh, just, like, not creating... Any kind of long-term promise is essentially not realistic. So it's letting go of a lot of that stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So I feel like if people get married and they're making a 20-year promise, they could still, like, they just as easily can be like, oh, I'm leaving you to go be with this other woman, mm-hmm. you
2: know?
1: Yeah, yeah, so... so, so Even yeah, when you yeah. have
0: kids together, people abandon their families, Absolutely. you know? So I think definitely the likelihood that someone, the more invested they are, the longer they're going to be around or the more they're going to do and take care of their children. I mean, people who identify with relationship anarchy still care about people. They still feel feelings, and they still can recognize investments that they've made. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just the idea that i like i could die so i have no clue and anything else could happen so i have no clue
1: yeah yeah so so the point isn't so much that um the, the, like it's not that you are Unable to make a commitment per se. I might be using bad words here, yeah. but but it's not that it's not that. It's more just acknowledging the reality that life is extremely messy and who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah.
0: that's why I call everyone my friend. <laughs> uh, and in the be- that is definitely one of the things I used to laugh at Nicole about um, how ridiculous and uh, inefficient that was but I actually haven't found it to be that hard to just call everyone my friend. And then I have.
1: So uh, when you say, okay. When you say everyone, yeah. cause this is another thing that hap- that gets a little weird when like you don't mean everyone cause not everyone is your friend, right?
0: That's true. Okay. Mm-hmm. So
1: there are the people who aren't your friends. Now those are the people that you are, that are acquaintances. Yeah. Do you do we at least have the friend acquaintance line or what?
0: Um, I, I don't find I mean, myself it, it, using, like, talking about acquaintances very often.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, so sure, I would use that word, but it just doesn't come up.
1: Okay. That much. Because they're, yeah. you know, or like, your friends and enemies, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah. And I you're do often- op- You're I living d- in this country in 2019, presumably.
0: <laughs> As an yeah. extrovert, I do often say that friend or strangers are just friends I haven't met yet. But-
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm who (laughs) knows but for introverts that sounds terrifying (laughs) okay
0: but yeah so and one thing i really like about using friend for everyone is my relationships are very fluid and when i was calling people like my girlfriend and then like we didn't hang out for a couple months and i was like well she's still my girlfriend do we have to have like a talk about it you know
2: yeah
0: um but then when we hang out with each other we're having like a great time and kissing and touching and stuff so, I I really appreciate that it just feels way more fluid. Like when we're hanging out, we're enjoying each other, and when we're not, like it's okay. <laughs> there, mm-hmm. we, there's no like thing that I'm expected to do because I t- took on that word or gave someone that word.
2: Hmm.
1: Okay. That that kind of brings up a a question that I have here. Um. Which I so the question was: What is a relationship anarchy breakup? like, but it's actually first question, do breakups happen in relationship anarchy?
0: So I think they can. I I did get dumped recently.
1: Okay.
0: Uh with someone who was not a relationship anarchist though. So uh he decided to become monogamous. And so he didn't say like I don't like you anymore. He said, Oh I'm becoming monogamous with this other person I've been seeing So I don't want to, I, I can't like touch you anymore. So, uh, (laughs) and then we tried to hang out a couple times and it was awkward, uh, to some, to like just immediately have this like weird line that we're no longer allowed to cross. And I I don't mean penetrative sex, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean like sitting next to each other Mm -hmm. and having like my hand on his leg and watching a movie, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Uh, So stuff like that. And I wouldn't have even, even if I was a label person, we weren't at a point where I would have called him my boyfriend, you know, because we were hanging out and having a lot of fun together and, uh, touching each other. But we didn't have any like long-term plans at that point or anything like that. But it's still like, it felt, I definitely felt like a huge loss when I was no longer able to hang out with him anymore.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, so that's the closest thing I've had to a breakup.
1: As a relationship anarchist, I mean, you said he had.
0: Oh, yeah. When you, I, you were
1: dating when, when you were. When I was school.
0: monogamous, I went through. And yeah. even just regular polyamorous, lots of breakups. You
1: know, and as you said, he didn't identify as a relationship anarchist.
0: Because most people don't. There's I, not that many of them. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like, right
1: now. So, okay, so if, if it's all right, can I yeah. ask more about that? Sure. Like, how, how long. Words now become difficult because this is the relationship <laughs> anarchy that we're talking about. But. So there are. But, like, were there romantic feelings towards this person? And how does that... Like, I don't even know have the yeah. language, really. So, for
0: it. sure, if I was somebody who used labels... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I'm willing to hypothetically <laughs> enter this world. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> this is hilarious. Okay, go on.
0: <laughs> i, I could, talk about things. <laughs> I could see that we would eventually have become boyfriend and girlfriend.
1: Okay, but... Uh, so... so what what does that mean in this context so you would have eventually like i mean had sex and 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 what and
0: then been like oh let's
1: I'm, I'm trying to do the relationship anarchy thing here of being like really specific about like what is what does that mean so that we don't necessarily have to use the labels
0: yeah and it is it is hard because i do feel like it is this thing, like, when you guys start to feel it, then you have this conversation of, like, what are we? Where is this going? You yeah. know? Like, how far up the relationship escalator can we get? You know? Yeah. And, <laughs> um, so... And... and... Yeah, so it, it's hard to define, but I, I feel like we could have reached that point just with time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and And one of the difficulties for me with other people who don't have my exact same lifestyle Mm -hmm. is I spend quality one-on-one time with about 30 plus people. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) So
1: So I take it that you're good with Google calendar or something? I
0: love my Google calendar so much. And so a lot of the people I'm seeing, like realistically one-on-one and I can see them once or twice a month. And then luckily within my community, we have constant small group or large group events. Mm-hmm. So I see people a lot more often than that, just not uh one-on-one. Right. And it does help that, uh, a lot of the people I like spending one-on-one time with also like spending one-on-one time with the other people I like spending one-on-one time with. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know? Help. So... <laughs> So we do. We have really good group dynamics, which is valuable to me.
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. The. Uh, yeah, I want to talk a little bit more about the getting dumped for somebody going into a monogamous yeah. because, but it is a, actually a really um, true life, real common story of uh, people who are non-monogamous, um, especially. Especially women. I'm, actually, that's not true. I've had, I've had it happen to me. Who have people who will hang out with non-monogamous people for a lack of a better word, right? Who who will hang out and while they are thinking of themselves as single, and then pff, kind of taps. Yeah, yeah, just kind of disappear and and go off and yeah. Yeah, I think have. there's
0: a lot of people who are polyamorous until I can find someone to marry me. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. And I do want people to realize, like, no matter how many happy, amazing people I have in my life, when I lose someone who has individual value to me, everyone is unique. Mm -hmm. And just because I have multiple uh, relationships doesn't mean they are less valuable. Yeah. Uh, So that did, it. like, I... Like cried, and I painted my walls gray. I got so much done. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you know, I was really upset, uh, just like I would be if we had been monogamous and I had gotten broken up with And I have been monogamous and dealt with, uh, like, official breakups, not mini mm. breakups. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it did feel, like, equally painful mm-hmm. to lose that person. And then even the potential to have an intimate... Friendship. friendship.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Oh, it was uh,
1: <laughs> but non—you mean a platonic friendship is perhaps what you mean there.
0: Uh, sure. Uh,
1: <laughs> a, non, a non—sexual.
0: Because the the thing that sucks with a lot of monogamy is there's such a thing as emotional cheating? Right. You right.
1: know. Right. I, I saw something. <laughs> I saw something the other day about. That in the magazine, and it was just like, oh, this is so much bullshit.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like, please don't open up to any of your non same sex friends unless what you're bisexual. I actually have dealt with in monogamous relationships being a bisexual person. Like, oh, anyone you hang out with is a danger, danger zone, because. Oh my god. You might want them.
1: That's disturbing. <laughs> I'm sorry. That, I'm sorry that the world has done that. Ugh.
0: But it's like a common accepted thing in a lot of monogamy of, I'm going to just say like heterosexual monogamy yeah. of like, oh, like once I have my man, like he better delete all those girls' numbers in his phone. You mm-hmm. know, like we, like some people, even other monogamous people be might be like, oh, women or men like Mm -hmm. that are crazy, but it's still, like, happening and not that discouraged, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know?
1: Yeah, I think Uh, Especially
0: in religious communities and stuff, so...
1: Yeah. So Benzie's an atheist, and the mention of religious communities led me to ask her if she considers... Uh, communities like the polyamory community or the relationship anarchy community to be sort of replacements for religious communities.
0: Yeah, I think that's really valuable. I think that's one of the things uh, I've often had trouble with in in atheism uh, is feeling isolated and losing that because I did used to be a, a Christian who didn't believe in it very much. Uh, okay. okay, uh So your family, and, your
1: family was, or, or like, how did so, that happen?
0: So, uh, yeah, my, uh, my mom's been married eight times, um, and every time she got remarried, we switched which version of Christianity we believed in. Uh, so I grew up in the churches.
1: Uh, okay, and, and I can see why, like, even everything else aside, it would be difficult to then... Stick to one, I think, after that, perhaps. But. Yeah,
0: because you see they all hate each other, you know, and they're all, like, arguing over it, tiny bullshit. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I do, I miss, like, group singing and, like, everyone coming together and a lot of, like, joy and the idea of, oh, somebody needs something so you can, like, ask the church and, like, somebody will have it. Mm-hmm. And that's something I really feel like we've built back here in Detroit. Um we have these free stuff exchanges where everyone just like brings whatever and there's no cost to anyone anybody takes anything they need from the stuff exchange you know Mm -hmm. and then the rest of it gets donated
1: is that what it's called a stuff exchange yeah i love
0: it uh we're having one soon check the website uh i don't (laughs) remember the date um
1: (laughs) this is going out in the fall so oh okay they still will probably be there still will probably
0: be another one soon (laughs) we do one like every other month so okay um (laughs) But yeah, I feel like I'm getting a lot of that back, uh, and a lot of things that are associated with family. Um, for people who have a lot of non-monogamous and queer people in general, have very difficult relationships with their families. You know,
2: mm-hmm.
0: so I I definitely wouldn't call what we have a family because I don't like that word. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we do we do have community and we do depend on each other and work to mm-hmm. I feel like most of our houses even are even community spaces. Like I live in a nine hundred square foot house. It's not very big. And three mm-hmm. people live here. And whenever somebody needs a place to stay, I have a guest room and people stay in it. You know? Mm-hmm. And I have a like pretty good gym equipment, and people work out in my gym. And at the mousehold, which is another house of that a lot of people I'm friends with live in, they have you know like a pottery setup and a kiln, and they have a good garden. So people go do stuff there. Or if we want to have a meeting, it's like oh, let's all just go have a meeting in the mousehold living room because it's the most central location to where we're all coming from. Okay. Uh, so everybody's houses. Belongs to almost everybody, which is really cool, and not like all of Detroit, but you know. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you have not not family, but
2: you know, community friends. resources. <laughs> yeah. yeah, community and friends.
1: You know, is yeah, uh, is the sort of thing. Yeah, like like what uh, churches would have, but now it's yeah, but now there's the the religious aspect is. Put aside.
0: But there is know. a lot of, like, shared values, exactly. you know? so, Exactly.
1: You have, you have, like, this is the thing. I was like, oh, the beliefs? No, no, actually, you do have beliefs. You have shared beliefs. Are they, they're not beliefs in a higher power, per se, but they're beliefs that are, you know, you have, and you certainly have this in-group, out-group. There's a lot of the same things going on.
0: Uh, another <laughs> thing that I feel like is in line with Christianity and us um, is we're very into, like, calling each other out if you feel like someone's doing stuff wrong. And I think uh, religious people do that, too. We just disagree on what's wrong. Um, and I know some people have actively expressed that they are afraid to come to our events uh, because they don't want to be Called told it. that they're doing something wrong. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... That's a a, a thing... You know, put a post up recently about. That oh site. yeah, I and love that post. In BDSM circles, there's the you know. Um, don't yuck my yum. Yeah, don't don't yuck my yum or whatever. And and in um, Polly, there's my Polly's not your Polly is a common set a common phrase. But I think by focusing on just those, you're ignoring that no, there are wrong ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. Right when it comes to like. know with it with its BDSM and kink there there are there are lines that are important like consent and things like that which is true consent is true everywhere but you know in BDSM it's like the thing that they talk most about right and you know and in polyamory it's similar like the you know to make sure that everyone is being treated well and then thinking critically about what does that mean, you know, that's really important. And I've seen... Yeah, like, I've seen people who are not doing that. It's... How do you get the nerve <laughs> to call someone out? Like, have, have you done it before?
0: Uh, not in a large group. Okay. I don't think so.
1: Okay, no. but but... Like in in any setting, have you had to call someone out, or have you seen it happen?
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think because I feel like I know it happens. It's just hard for me to yeah.
1: Uh... Like I don't want to like I don't want to be like let's talk about a specific time because it's, like not ethical. <laughs> I think because we don't want to be like this one person. Let's hate on that person. But yeah. But I do want to talk about like how do how do we go about calling out people. And also, I guess, there's the, the sort of different levels of infraction? Levels of yeah. infraction? That, like, what, there's the, like...
0: Well, the I, first step is we're a group of people who love and trust each other and trust that anything anybody does that is negative is not with malintention. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if somebody does something wrong, it isn't that hard to be like, hey, that's not cool, Mm -hmm. you know? And that can literally be the extent of it, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And then maybe that person will go home and think, huh, I got negative social feedback when I did that thing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Or, like, somebody tells, like, kind of a sexist joke, even, and then the room doesn't laugh, you know? It's like, nobody in our community set or I can't say nobody. I I like to think it's one of our values that we uphold pretty well, Mm -hmm. uh, that we don't give people compliments that aren't true. We don't tell anybody anything Mm -hmm. positive about themselves to make them feel good. Okay. Uh, It's a hundred percent only if you really feel that way. Okay. I, I guess if somebody like said something sexist or whatever, sure. People wouldn't be like, Oh, that's okay.
1: Oh, I, I, okay. Okay. So, so it's
0: like, no, that wasn't.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you don't let people off the hook for, for things, you know, if somebody, yeah. Yeah, you know, so.
0: And it's not, you're a bad person. You're a sexist, you know, it's,
1: Oh, you said that, sexist. That, that
0: comment was sexist. Like maybe think about that. Let, let's analyze mm-hmm, mm-hmm. why we have those feelings. You know,
1: Mm -hmm. does that get tiring? No. (laughs) (laughs) Good answer.
0: (laughs) I, and I am excited when I get questioned about things too, because Mm -hmm. it means like, Oh, I'm gonna, I'm about to like discover something that I thought was okay. And maybe it's not, you know, Mm. and -hmm. now I get to be like a little bit of a better person. Mm -hmm. Um, and part of my, uh, growth as a human is I used to be super pretty far-right libertarian and uh, like a race realist. So pretty racist.
2: Okay.
0: Um, Yeah. 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 And uh, I grew up in the South and definitely not an excuse, but it, it shaped a lot of who I was Mm -hmm. and Coming out of that, there's still, like, a lot of little things that you have to, like, discover mm-hmm. aren't okay that you haven't ever even thought about because they just feel so normal.
1: hmm hmm Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. The idea of, um, you know, sort of reprogramming, in a sense, where you're, like... You know, you've had ideas. I mean, with monogamy and and everything, it's, we we all have to do it when we're in, going into non monogamy worldview of like, you know, the so many things, like every song that we've sung.
0: Every movie we care about. (laughs) Every movie, yeah,
1: yeah. Every song has. Uh, usually, like, you're the one that I want is, for some reason, the one that just came into my head. <laughs> uh, but, you know, there's just the number one is in so many songs because it's talking about the monogamy is, mm-hmm. is the ridiculous thing. Um, but, yeah, and, and all of that that idea needs to be reprogrammed. and And it's the same thing with race, with all these different things, when you <laughs> realize... Thank you so much for uh, having me here and finding some time in your uh, Google calendar for me. Um, So I have one last question for you. Okay. Um, And that is, um, I asked you, I've asked everyone to prepare a, um, to, to pick out a song or some other media... Because I know it's hard for songs, but it would be great to create a playlist (laughs) Um, uh, that is non-monogamy related uh, that that you like. So what is the one that you picked? So the first
0: song that came to mind immediately when you asked the question, and I sing it every time I go to karaoke, is Wannabe from the Spice Girls, where they say, If you want to be my lover, you gotta get with my friends. (laughs) 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 And it's not perfect, but... I...
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It rings
0: true for me.
1: <laughs> hey, wait a second. Is Wannabe about Polyamor? That line. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Uh, okay. I did
0: have another song though, Sweet. I just wanted to say, is uh, Daft Punk, Something About Us, which does have lines like, I love you more than anyone in my life, things like that. But I feel like the context of the song acknowledges that it's like temporary and I feel this right this moment. Mm-hmm. But. And I do, like, sometimes when I'm cuddling in bed with someone yeah. and I do feel like I love you more than anyone I've ever sure. loved, you know, and then I could,
2: <laughs> you know,
1: and then, do that
0: somebody else. is like, and then, oh.
1: And then they fart or whatever. And it's just like...
0: Well, not that. But then when I'm cuddling <laughs> with a different person, it's like, wow, this is like the greatest love ever, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. I still get those feelings. Right. Um, and I think a lot of music, if you... Uh, start listening to a lot of lyrics and you are thinking about them there are a lot of songs that acknowledge like i love you a lot but they don't say anything like i love only you Mm -hmm. i love you more than anyone else ever (laughs) i will love you forever and nobody else there are a lot of songs that actually do acknowledge love without the constraints of monogamy Mm -hmm. Um, even if they're not explicitly polyamorous
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, thanks for coming on this polyamorous life.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. I also have a podcast that I didn't mention. Me and Juno. Oh, me yeah, what, and Juno have a podcast. What, yeah, is, what's your podcast? It is called Snake Oil.
2: Snake
0: uh, Oil. A remedy to sidle ills. <laughs> um, I love it. <laughs> uh, yes, and it's new, and the quality is still getting there, but.
1: <laughs> hey, that's what we are. Yeah, new we're figuring and, it out. New and I mean this is this seems to have been a really good. We'll play it back. You won't be able to hear my voice at all or something. I don't know. But I think the quality is going to be pretty good. But, uh, yeah, thanks so much. <laughs> You've been listening to This Polyamorous Life, sponsored by Windsor Polyamory. Please like, rate, and review the show at those usual places. If you're listening and on Twitter, I'd like to hear from you. I'm at LifePolyamorous. To help out the show financially, go to patreon.com slash life. Everyone who donates, no matter how small, will get their name in the podcast. This show was put together by me, Reg Robson, with some editing help from Aaron Christmas. A big thanks goes to Benzie for coming on the show this week. You can see Benzie's podcast, Snake Oil, on YouTube, link in the show notes. And I'll be back again in seven days. We are preparing for the Windsor Pride Fest Parade. I'm here at the corner of Ottawa and Argyle in Windsor, Ontario. And we are with Windsor Polyamory. And we're going to have an awful lot of fun in this parade. What do you find valuable about Windsor Polyamory?
2: It's a relaxed group of people who are enjoying each other's company and happen to have something in common.
1: The thing that I love about Windsor Polyamory from the start, the first event that I came to, people are warm, welcoming, open, and accepting, and fun. Um, I think
0: the entire Windsor Polyamory community is very dedicated to an authentic expression of self and to growing and learning more about each other in the world and i think that's really valuable
1: find windsor polyamory at windsorpolyamory.wordpress.com